Welcome back, everybody, to the Six Pennies podcast. Today, we're going to have a pretty deep, pretty serious conversation. But before that, it's me and Mock on the line. Timmy can't make it. How are you feeling, Mock? I'm good. I'm good. We got a lot to talk about, it feels like. Um, I don't know how organized it's going to be, but there's a lot to digest. Yeah, the last couple of days, um, we're talking about the current events in Charlottesville uh, specifically. It's, it's just crazy and i don't know how and why it's still happening in 2017 but it is what it is right yeah all right so before we get started today's episode is brought to you by aleph technologies are you looking to build up your resume do you want to jump into or move up the professional ranks in the it industry or do you just want formal training in various business methodologies whatever your reason may be let aleph technologies take care of all of your training needs Um, their website is aleph hyphen technologies that's a l e p h hyphen technologies.com or you just go to our facebook page so that's facebook.com backslash six pennies podcast and we'll link you directly to their page i do want to mention that they have a scrum master class coming up october 5th and 6th and then right after that is a certified product owner class which is the 7th and 8th of october so um Sign up with them, mention Six Pennies Podcast, and get an amazing discount. Okay, so let's get started. Um, Charlottesville, Mock, do you kind of want to paint the picture of what's going on over there right now? Yeah, it's. I know it's kind of been crazy all over the news with discussion of this and coverage of all the stuff that's going on. But long story short, if you, for some reason, haven't been able to catch any of the news the last few days, there was... A what's called they're calling themselves the alt-right but white supremacist rally in Charlottesville um, a lot of witnesses say it, it pretty much looked and sounded and seemed like a KKK rally without the hoods and without the capes and or without the masks uh, so these guys are just out there marching and protesting and, and pretty much just showing their faces for all the world to see with no shame at all And things got pretty violent. There's been uh, one murder. There was a car driven by one of these guys that uh, just plowed through a crowd. Dozens of people injured. One woman was killed. Um, Woman in her young 20s who was just out there protesting against these guys. The long and the short of it is it should kind of be listed as domestic terrorism, but I don't see any news outlets really saying it like that. And... When it comes to the White House, the kind of response overall has been Trump put out a tweet that didn't get into specifics at all, just kind of said, let's stop with all the hate and let's all band together, something like that. Uh, So he didn't call out any party, really. And so people are really mad about that. People are really wanting him to really call these people out. but yeah, like I said, there's a lot to digest. digest. We're, we might be rambling quite a bit today, just trying to make sense of it all. But have you seen some of the pictures that have been flowing around? Yeah, so um, the source of most of my news is either Twitter or the CNN app on my phone. And those are yeah. really my two main sources. And so on Twitter over the weekend, I just I just couldn't stop reading about it, whether it's 
um, pictures and videos of what's going on over there, or just everyone's reactions, or just tweets either from Trump or former presidents, or you know, just just anybody of stature, because I'm always curious to to hear or see what they say, because they have such a big um, effect, you know, on on the yeah. society. And so, you know, like I retweeted a few things from Obama, um, who's Obama's amazing, obviously, but you know, like. Zach Lowe, Joe Biden, J.K. Rowling, people like that. I just retweeted all of them. And, and it's just sad, right? Like, America is great because we are able to protest and rally and speak our minds. But when it comes, when it comes and gets to violent, right, when people die, when people are murdered, that's when the line is crossed. And that's what happened in Charlottesville. And I can't I just can't believe that in 2017 you have these people who are carrying Confederate flags and the Nazi swastika flag and and like acting like it's okay. I I just can't believe it. Yeah, I I think everyone there's definitely a big sense of disbelief uh or or at least we don't want to believe it. We don't want to believe that this is our country that we love and that we live in and that um you know, we've had soldiers fight for uh, for centuries, and um, we obviously defeated the Nazis decades ago, and, and this is going on now in our own country. It's just it's just kind of unbelievable in that sense. Um, there's quite a few images that are kind of ingrained in my mind now just from this past weekend. One of them that's really stuck with me is you see the picture of, like, the black police officer who yep. was – Got in the line of duty, obviously, and, and forced to protect these guys who are definitely shouting all kinds of racial slurs. Um, I, I can't even repeat kind of what's been said that they were chanting out there, but it's it's crazy to me to see a picture like that and know you know how much he's that officer had to be like hurting and, and mad and just enraged inside, but he's still you know doing his job out there. Another one was a picture of the crowd when that car plowed into them and there's bodies flying everywhere. And, and what comes to mind for me is it's kind of what you expect to see in a movie and to see it in real life in a still image like that, it's it's hard to fathom. It's hard to understand that that's actually happening somewhere and it's not just Hollywood. It's not just um, something that's made up, something that's kind of glorified for for the national media, you know? Yeah, and I mean, another still image that really, like, affected me or is kind of memorable to memorable for me is um, not only the flags, but just them doing, like, the Hail Hitler one arm out. Yeah. And it's like, are you guys serious? Like, how how is that right? Because if if that's something, okay, like, you can believe what you want to believe, but if that's something you want to believe in, we went to war with Hitler, you know, like 70 years ago, people were killed and sacrificed their lives and stuff for just for the opportunity of fighting or beating or putting down the Nazi empire, right? That Nazi regime. And now they're trying to bring it back up. It doesn't really make sense in my opinion. And so that, that was pretty memorable for me. There's another image that I'll get to later, but, um, yeah, this this weekend was it's just really heartbreaking, you know. And I think um, 
I can't imagine what you might be feeling, to be honest. So we're we're Asian Americans, so we're people of color, obviously. But at the same yeah. time, you know, your father to Levi, who is also a baby, a person of color. Yeah. Um, I just want to hear, I guess, your thoughts and because yeah, it's yeah. it's been something that's actually been on my mind for quite a while, um, as, as, especially this past year. You know, Levi's. 12, 13 months now, and one thing that's really been on my mind is when we were over in Asia, um, you know, a couple months ago, back in May, we were there, you know, meeting up with friends in Taipei, and even when we were in Hong Kong, which is where, you know, my wife Ophelia is from and where my, my extended family lives, we, we, I mean, we kind of saw it coming. It's not something we were surprised at, um, especially when we agreed, you know, Couple years ago, to um, to adopt a baby of any of any race, but uh, there are a bunch of stares, there are a bunch of pointing, a bunch of hush whispers. So most of it we could understand, obviously, since we're Chinese as well. But um, especially in Taipei, one thing that I saw was we were in line for at Din Tai Fung, which is you know a pretty well known place for uh, Shaolongbao's like dumplings, mm-hmm. and we we're there. It's probably like a fifteen minute wait, and it was right when it opened, and the door opened, and a big group, traveling group from China, like a big uh, traveling tour from China, walked in the door, and they saw like my kid Levi playing with all our other friends' kids, like um, just you know they're all about less than a year old, really cute, and they just started taking pictures of them. It was really strange to me. Um, it was something, it kind of felt like. We were in a zoo a little bit, like kind of on exhibit. But all of these Chinese tourists just busted out their cameras and their camera phones and just started snapping away, taking video. Um, and it just brought to mind to me how, like, race that wasn't necessarily racism. Uh, racism, there was, I don't think there was any hate intended or anything like that, but just this idea that, um, like, people don't know what they don't know, you know what I mean? Like, so if, from such a homogenized culture like in Asia or in China, when you don't see anyone else different from you, that's kind of what you're brought up on. And, and so it, it kind of fascinates you and, and you don't know any better. You don't know that, um, you don't know anything about that kind of racial diversity. So um, it can bring on a lot of different emotions. Some people are fascinated by it. Some people want to take pictures. Some people are afraid of people of different color and whatnot. And for me, it brings to mind another lasting image from this past weekend where there was a kid who couldn't have been more than maybe four or five years old, and he was dressed in full like KKK gear, uh, with the hood and the and the mask and everything, and he was you know just right up there on, on the front lines, right where the police were at, uh, with the police barricade with um, their shields and everything, and it just brings to mind that just this ignorance and this racism is it's it's a generational thing. Like I think Obama tweeted out something this past weekend where he was like. You know, no one is no one is born hating another culture, hating another person's skin color, right? And that's all very learned behavior. So it, it just kind of breaks my heart in that aspect in that these kids are brought up in this environment to hate people, you know? You know what I mean? And I, I think there's this general sense and this, there's this general assumption that generation by generation we're supposed to advance we're supposed to become more 
educated, more woke, more, you know, whatever the word might be, just better people in general. And when it comes to this, it, it just feels like we're going backwards. Yeah. And, and to clarify, um, Obama tweeted a picture of himself standing in front of a window. Inside that window are four babies, if you will, once of, you know, African-American, looks like one's African-Americans, one's Caucasian-American, and the other is probably Latin. And um, yeah. his, um, his caption is, quote, no one is born hating another person because of the color of his skin or his background or his religion. People must learn to hate, and if they can learn to hate, they can be taught to love. For love comes more naturally to the human heart than its opposite. And it's a quote from Nelson Mandela. And so that's, yeah. that's it. It's true. It's it's definitely a learned behavior. And I mean, being Asian American, you know, with, with Asian descent, I mean, it's at the same time, there are instances where, you know, our parents or our grandparents or whatever are very blunt, you know, are very... Um, I wouldn't say they're racist, but their their way of speaking sometimes is just is very yeah. cut and dry. You know what I mean? Right. But you're right. There's no intention of hatred or of um, bigotry or anything like that. With what's going on in Charlottesville, or what has been going on for you know the last few months or the last couple of years now. Um, it is a sign of racism, in my opinion, because these guys are educated. These guys have, you know, grown up and been educated in the society. Um, but with that being said, they still take that and they still morph it into what they believe in today. Um, so Trump today actually just came out and kind of slammed, um, you know, this group of people, to be honest. So he came out and said that racism is evil, and he condemned white supremacy groups, he condemned the KKK and other really? groups. Yeah. Wow. What, what are your thoughts to that? Yeah, it just came out. Um, I'm glad. Uh, I At this point, I did not expect that from Trump, and I'll have to go back and, and try to figure this out and, and kind of see what he's been saying. But I, I think that's the first step. I think that's something that was definitely needed. There's a lot of talk about how he wouldn't do that just because that's a lot. That was honestly a lot of his voter base, and yep. and so his initial reactions that I mentioned before, where he didn't really call out anyone by name, any party by name, he was just kind of an overall message saying, you know, let's stop all this hate. Um, there was no. I, I feel like he wasn't. He was trying to kind of walk the walk a thin line there, and so if he if he's calling these people out that's the first step it's just yeah part of me still just can't believe it the, the biggest part for me that i can't believe is how these people are now bold enough to not wear masks to not wear hoods you know what i mean um like this wouldn't have happened a few years back and, and now people um yeah people are free to these are employed people these are people who apparently have no fear of losing their jobs, have no fear of any repercussions. They're just out there with their lit tiki torches and marching around and, and assaulting people when there's cameras all around and there's pictures of, you know, people getting assaulted. The bloody, um, saw this black, black man get his, uh, forehead all cut open, three oh, guys around him. And, 
um, there's a bunch of tweets right now going around trying to identify everyone for the police, kind of doing police's work, um, trying to identify who these guys were. But the the fact that these guys can march just so emboldened like that kind of blows my mind. Okay, so to piggyback off that point, um, these people who I guess now don't don't have the shame. They 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 feel like they're they they it almost feels like they have the right to go and right and say and speak these things. Do you think that is one hundred percent contingent on because of Trump's presidency and what that enables? So Trump Trump gets a lot of blame and a lot of it rightly so, but at the same time, like no one's claiming that this hate wasn't there to begin with, right? right? Like this hate didn't just start at the end of 2016 when Trump became president. This this hate has always been there, but the fact that Trump to this day, or as far as I know, as far as the last few hours, I haven't seen his new tweets that you just mentioned, but to this day he hasn't called anyone out by name. He hasn't, uh, like any of these instances where there's police shootings or police brutality on, on black folks, like he's never mentioned anything in these tweets. Like he's had more beef with SNL than he has with anything else, you know what I mean? So the fact that he's condoning it with his silence, per se, yeah, these guys are definitely feeling more courageous in that there's just no fear of repercussions there. So if if they're not going to get called out by the leader of the free world right now, then, then what fear would they have? Like a lot of these guys, yeah, they um, I've seen follow-up mentions where they lose their jobs or anything, but I mean, I don't think they're in any danger, especially in certain parts of the country, of not getting another job again. You know, it's it's kind of like they went there with that in mind. Uh, like, it's like, you know, whatever, even if for whatever reason I lose my job. But, like, these, these guys are plowing into people with, like, full force in their cars in broad daylight. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, it's crazy to think about. It's it's kind of scary to think about, honestly. Um, but but I mean, as for what about you? So did you? I know we grew up. You grew up in Dallas area. I grew up in Houston area. But like, was were there ever any instances growing up, like in the past, that you can think of where you felt like quote unquote Asian, like more Asian than normal? You know, where you felt like the minority, where you felt um, you know racially discriminated against? Yeah, I mean that's. That's a tough question because I can't really recall recall the specific instances, but I can say that, you know, Texas at its core is still very white, very, very traditional, very conservative. Uh, Although we live in more forward thinking cities um, because we're, you know, in Houston and Dallas respectively. But I do remember there, there were times where you you kind of do feel like the outsider, you know, like you're not, not really wasn't accepted, but more like I'm different and they also see that I'm different. And so there's, gotcha. there's that yeah. huge, you know, elephant in the room that nobody talks about. Yeah. But my mindset for me has always been like, I understand that may be the case. I just, I don't think that's something that defines the room, you know, like, right. Even though the elephant is there, um, it's not that I choose to ignore it. It's more like I don't think it's a big deal. Gotcha. Um, so there were t- I remember there was um, myself and a couple of other friends 
who are of color, we went to play basketball somewhere in like the middle of nowhere in Texas. And this was in high school, I think. And um, middle of nowhere in Texas means it's like 95% white. And so yeah. we went to this you know, either middle school or high school and we played basketball there. It's literally only, you know, Caucasian people there. And we definitely felt like the outsiders. One, we were visitors, so we didn't, we are not from that area. And then two, we just look differently from everyone else. Yeah. But to me, that's this is kind of off topic, but that to me is the brilliance of sports. You know, the the beauty of sports is at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what color or what race you are in sports, for the most part, because if you can make a jump shot, if you can dribble the ball, then you know you're kind of accepted. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be some generalizations and some stereotypes that you have to deal with, whether you're going to be called Yao Ming or Jeremy Lin or whatever. But I think that to me is why sports is cool because there's there's really no color, there's no race. Yeah, and, and I think piggybacking off of that, we were, you can call it blessed, you can call it sheltered, whatever you want to call it. But growing up in areas in the country or areas in Texas where it's more heavily populated by Asians. Uh, like I never, I can honestly say, I don't, I can't recall off the top of my head an instance where I felt discriminated against because of my race or felt any pangs of racism. Um, I, I was called a chink maybe once in my life. And that was, um, back way back in summer school, this random year back in like elementary or middle school. And I don't know. I, I don't, I feel like that speaks a lot to the, the diversity in population in both of our cities and kind of brings it back to our my previous point like you know this you know the middle of the country that there's i just feel like that diversity isn't there it's not present so that's where i'm talking about like it's generational so if you go through you know three four five generations of not having any interaction with any asians with anyone black with anyone non-white there's going to be some maybe fear maybe some hostility i don't know what it is but there's going to be some feelings where you don't know how to deal with people that are different from you um so not to give them a pass or anything like that and and i might just be overgeneralizing. there might be more minorities than i think in those in the middle of the country but it just always seems like these some of these worst instances that we see all over Twitter, all over the news happen like right there in the center or, or in places where there's not a lot of diversity. Yeah, and I mean like the whole irony of the thing, right, with so Heather Heyer is the one who was killed um, in Charlottesville. Uh -huh. Isn't she Caucasian American herself? Or wasn't she? Yeah. So like I that, think so. Yeah, the irony of her being killed for standing up for people of color, standing up against, you know, these white supremacists is it's kind of like there's there's no rhyme or reason to why she was killed, you know? Like it's it's just really ironic to me. I I don't know. I I still can't really comprehend or process what's going on. I just think that um maybe the question I asked you earlier, whether Trump was enabling this this hatred or this um, willingness to go out there and just without any shame, just do whatever you want to do. Maybe he he's not directly, you know, like 
enabling them, but I think his campaign and the way he ran, the the way he's running the country really is like out of fear. And I yeah. think because of that fear, it it then creates this division and it creates this this hatred. And so that in in and of itself is kind of creating this atmosphere where people are you know, are willing to go up there and, and do whatever they do and chant to the, the Nazi flag or whatever. But the, the to me, like, I'm just rambling, but the thing is, like, when we see Caucasians, Americans, or the alt-right do this, we, a lot of people are like, well, they're standing up for what they believe in. They uh, have every right to do so. This is America. It's freedom of speech. But then at the same time, if this same amount of people and the same amount of um, energy was created by African Americans and they came up and they wanted to quote unquote take our country back um, the story would be completely different you know the spin not only from the media but just everyone's view on it whether you're black or white I, I, I just feel like at the core they would just view that story differently if this was a bunch of black people going up there and protesting. Yeah, for sure. That's the part that makes me the most uneasy. That's the part that, when I think about it, kind of hurts the most. Like, there were, there was a tweet, or there's a bunch of tweets talking about the different arrests made. Um, so, you know, back in Ferguson, when Black Lives Matters had that big rally, there were hundreds of people arrested. And it was overall like a peaceful protest you know they weren't saying anything to the extremes of what these guys in charlottesville were were chanting or or fighting for um they were just there saying you know black lives matter um they're tired the country's tired of you know all these instances one-off instances they say of police brutality of, of of black men being targeted by the police for no reason other than the reason other than the color of the skin and so there are hundreds of arrests made, some of them for just kind of stepping over the sidewalk, whatever it might be. In Charlottesville, I heard there are only four arrests that entire weekend. And mm. it just kind of goes to show, you know, it's, it's not apples to oranges, obviously. I mean, it's not apples to apples, obviously, but at the same time, like, these guys are there protecting these white supremacists' right to march, right to protest, but there's still some, a lot skewed there, you know. There's still, uh, you, I mean, you can't just look at the arrest records, but at the same time, that's a huge difference yeah. in, in arrests. And so, I mean, going forward, like, what can we do now? Like, I think a lot of times people feel helpless when they scroll through social media, when they scroll through Twitter, when they scroll through just CNN or, or whatever news outlet they, they look at to they see all this stuff happening on the news and it's if it's not happening in your own city if it's not happening in your own state a lot of it we feel like the outside looking in but do you have any ideas of what we can do like as individuals yeah so it's it's almost a catch-22 because you know you want to be informed and you want to read up on the news but at the same time the media and the news is giving you know these these bad people attention and at the end of the day that's maybe that's what that's the only thing they wanted in the first place 
or maybe not even attention, but maybe now they're starting conversations all around the country on their side. And so now they're creating a bigger population with, with those beliefs, you know? And that's, it's a big catch-22 because it's similar to, you know, someone like a streaker at a baseball game or like the Unabomber. The reason why they are doing what they do is because they want to be remembered and they want their names out there. And so I feel like a lot of the reason for why, you know, the alt-right protested and became such big news was because they wanted it to be big. They wanted it to be, yeah. um, you know, they wanted everyone to know about it. So moving forward, honestly, the best way to combat that is to, I know it's really counterintuitive, but not report on it, not care about it, Let if it's peaceful. That's the biggest premise, if it's peaceful. They can just do what they want to do, but at the end of the day, because they're not worth our time, we don't really care about it. But it's hard to say that, you know, because if you were the aggrieved person or the aggrieved population that was being targeted, then it's so hard yeah. to, to just ignore it. Um, so to answer your question, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm a loss for words. I, I do feel helpless when it comes to um, the, just the topic of race and racism in general, because honestly, what does taking my country back mean anyways? Like, what does that even mean? I bet, I bet for the most part, they, they are from European descent. So they were also descendants, just like everyone else. I don't, yeah. I just don't understand, you know, like it makes no sense. Yeah. I, I, I liken this whole situation to how I felt like the first two or three months of Trump's presidency and a little bit even nowadays, I feel like every single day he, th he sends out another ridiculous tweet and it's a lot of times it's easier. It's definitely a lot easier to just ignore him. Uh, but at the same time, I don't know if that's necessarily the best for, for the country. Um, it's, it's one thing to just kind of grit our teeth and, and just wait out these next four years, hopefully just four years. But um, I think the more I think about it, the more I feel like everyone of us has a voice and we have a, all of a sphere of influence. It, might, it may not be as big as other people's. It may not, definitely not as big as you know Trump's, but everyone has a voice and you're either going to use that voice for good or for, for evil. So if, and a lot of times, like, a lot of people were mentioning this past week and like there comes a certain point in time where if you're not using your voice at all, if you're, if you're just silent and um, you're not doing any good either. So I, I just, I guess I would encourage everyone to just use their voice for good and, and kind of like what Obama said, it's easier said than done obviously, but, but spreading love. Like I, like I mentioned this whole thing, like hatred is generational. So in order to combat that, we need to start thinking about not only the present, but the future, about future generations, about our kids, about our kids' kids, and that starts right now. So we need to start teaching our kids to be empathetic, be sympathetic, to love other people, whether or not they look like you, and it, it, I feel like it starts as simple as that. Um, it's going to be a slow grind to see any big effects in this country, maybe. It might take a generation, but... I think it'll be worth it in the end and, and just hopefully I guess for me personally as a Christian I, I'm just gonna pray for these people pray for the people in Charlottesville whichever side of the fence they're on it's it 
really breaks my heart to think about the kids that are out there, like the young, young kids that are out there with the Tiki Torches, with their parents or with their dads or whatnot, and thinking about how they, they're already on this path of, of hatred and, and they're only like four, five, six, seven years old and how how much that hatred is going to either build up or be torn down in the next you know, 20 years by the time they become a, an adult. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of up in the air. It's very idealistic, but I, I think it starts there. It starts with us and our own families and our own sphere of influence. For sure, and I, I second that. That was very eloquently put. Um, I just want to end the podcast with saying that it, it may seem like it's helpless, and it may seem hip- hypocritical what you know they're doing or what they're protesting for or against, but at the end of the day, love trumps hate, and um, just continue to move forward. Um, I think the only way for us to really turn the page on on this you know really ugly chapter is just to move forward um, not forget but learn from it and if you see any you know instances of hatred or racism or just anything related to that like call it out you know like try to make a difference and and that's the only way we can do it we like you said a little at a time yeah i mean we can like handle what we come across what we have influence on so yeah everyone just do your part man all right guys well thank you so much for listening um we probably could have talked for another hour or two about the subject um but if you guys want us to let us know go to our facebook page that's facebook.com six pennies podcast uh leave leave us any comments or questions or um anything you want to talk about regarding this topic or anything else and um we'll get back to you guys and thanks again for listening thanks guys